everybody. It's Monday, February 14th, and that means it's time for another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia Nonprofit Conversations. I'm one of your hosts, Cecilia Sepp. I'm the principal and founder of Rope Tulips Nonprofit Consulting, and I'm here with my co-host and friend, Agnes. I'm going to throw it over to Agnes to say hello. Thank you, Cecilia. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience, wherever you're joining us from. My name is Agnes Amos Coleman. I'm an association executive. Over to you, Cecilia. Great. Thank you, Agnes. And we are really happy to have Joy Buehling from the Joy of Membership back with us today uh, to talk about what has changed for the member experience. But before we dig into the topic, Joy, would you like to say hello to our audience and tell us a little about yourself? Hi, everyone. It's great to be back here with you again for a second time. Um, thanks for inviting me, Cecilia Agnes. Um, so my name is Joy Dooling. I am the founder of the Joy of Membership, and um, I also operate a, a membership software tool called Journey Care. I've been working with associations, trade groups, and membership-based nonprofits since 2005. So I'm in my 16th year of business. So love this work, love this industry. That's great. Congratulations. Yes, That's wonderful. Thank you. Fantastic. And, uh, and we all do want to acknowledge uh, if you are in a part of the world that celebrates Valentine's Day, uh, happy Valentine's Day to you and hope that you are enjoying your day. And uh, it's no more appropriate time to talk about the joy of membership. membership. <laughs> joyful person than joy. So joy, it's February 14th, 2022. So mm. the lockdown situation, although we aren't in 100% lockdown anymore, uh, it's still kind of lingering out there with rules and regulations and things we need to be aware of. And we all talked a lot about the shift to virtual meetings or hybrid meetings over the last couple of years. But there's probably been a more extensive impact on members than we realize. So with your extensive work with Journey Care, with working with membership associations, over the last couple of years, what do you see has changed dramatically for the member experience? Well, I think that um, it has been an interesting couple of years. And I think that a lot of associations were um, thrust into change and making change swiftly. And we've learned a lot over two years. Um, I think, you know, when we look at what the member experience is, we have to think about what we've all experienced over the last couple of years. We've seen a, a, um, you know, a blurring of remote work versus in-office work. We've seen a blurring of you know, what work hours are and what mm -hmm. home hours are and what education hours are for our children. That's all gotten kind of mixed up. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen people who maybe weren't super comfortable in virtual um, settings now very comfortable on Zoom and um, Hangouts and things like that because they've just had so much experience with it over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen changing expectations of, you know, customers and management and all sorts of emerging tech around um, the ways we do work, the ways we meet, um, and all of that is changing member expectations of their membership organizations. That's right. So Agnes, um, do you have a question? No, I, I think that's a great overview, uh, Joy. And one of the things that comes to mind is uh, kind of getting your 
take on what are some of the new membership engagement trends that you're seeing out there that our global audience can benefit from? So I've seen higher expectations, let's put it that way, um, trends in higher expectations really in five areas. I think that um, members are becoming much clearer about spending time doing things that matter and things mm -hmm. that actually create value in their lives and in their business. So they're holding their membership organizations to a higher standard that mm -hmm. what they're going to participate in has to be purposeful, it has to matter. Um, I see them holding organizations to a higher standard around um, self-service and digital experiences. Mm -hmm. um, there are higher expectations around um, communication and having mm -hmm. kind of omni-channel communication, different ways that you can engage in conversations with your members, not just you know, doing email blasts, but actually having two-way conversations through a variety of different you know, tech channels. Um, inclusiveness and diversity um, very much has been an issue, maybe not directly pandemic related, but over the last couple of years, we've really seen a shift in focus on that and members are bringing that expectation into their um, member experience. And then, um, you know, looking for that trusted voice, you know, also mm -hmm. having, you know, so much um, attention on, you know, who are the, the speakers of truth you know, can you trust what's on social media? Can you trust what's on the news? And I think members are looking to their membership organizations, their membership communities to see, you know, who can I trust on the topics that are important to me? So those five key areas, very much influencing what people are expecting in terms of their member experience. Wow, those are great insights. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's great. Yeah. And I, and I agree with all five of those, but I think maybe what's happened last couple of years is the focus on those has intensified because mm -hmm. all of those five things, in my opinion, are things that members have been looking for for a number of years. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that we have had this opportunity to have those more in-depth DEI conversations and some of the DEI consultants I've been talking with say, now we're getting into the next phase, which is belonging mm -hmm. as opposed to feeling welcome. And so I think that is such an important part of that member experience. Uh, I think, Joy, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how do you create that feeling? Because it's hard to make people feel something, right? It's mm -hmm. hard to, to make them feel warm and fuzzy as some people have said to me over the last couple of years. Um, how do we create that feeling of belonging in a world where we've been doing so much interaction on Zoom? Yeah, well, first of all, I wanna say, I totally agree with what you said in terms of you know, these dynamics, you know, being there for a long time and it's just intensified. I think if you look at, um, you know, if you look over the years, there's been a gradual rise in um, expectations around technology, expectations around diversity, inclusion, all of those things. But then mm -hmm. we got into the last couple of years and it was like, whoosh, there was like a spike. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely agree with you. Um, in terms of how you can make someone feel something, I think that, um, you know, connecting with members in a way that makes them feel feel something comes down to 
um, interacting with them as if mm -hmm. you are interacting with an individual person. So mm -hmm. a lot of times when we're planning our communications as organizations, we're thinking, what do we say to our members? What, you know, what needs to be in the newsletter to all of our members? What do we need to put in our, you know, annual survey for all of our members? And we really need to start thinking about, you know, what, what do I need to have conversation with Cecilia mm. around? What do I need to have conversation with Agnes around? And start thinking about our communications as being one-to-one. -one. Even if it's happening in a one-to-many format, we still mm. need to be thinking about how can we know something about Cecilia and Agnes that would help us personalize that communication and speak to what you know, each of them feels is important. And there are tools. There are yes. tools that can help you do that, you know, Absolutely. Um, collecting data and being able to personalize, um, personalize web pages, personalize emails, mm -hmm. all those things are possible nowadays. And yeah. you know, the person that has actually exemplified that and done it very well, it's Amazon. So I, I think it's <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, I'm, no, it's true. I mean, it that's is. why they it are. Is. That's no, why I they're know. successful. I, and it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's phenomenal that, you know, the market presence of Amazon because of that reason particularly the ability yeah. to understand the needs of their audience and personalizing it to meet their needs so thank you for sharing that I'm just, you know, I'm just laughing Agnes because you used Amazon which is an excellent example uh and I'm just laughing because I've been an Amazon Prime member since I think 2003 or something so you know it <laughs> like they went know way too much about me <laughs> But, uh, you know, I was like, I joke around, I'm enthralled to Jeff Bezos, you know, because yeah. I, I also used to have a Washington Post subscription and he owns yeah. <laughs> So I'm just like, oh my God. Well, yeah. I smiled. I smiled because the image that popped in my head was that um, that meme that kind of goes around the internet every now and then, where it's like, um, you know, UPS and FedEx and USPS can like tell you where your package is, and then it shows Amazon, and it's like your groceries are sitting on your kitchen table. By the way, you're low on laundry detergent. <laughs> It's just a completely <laughs> different relationship. Yes, yes. Like, and you know, here's just another funny aside, and this does kind of relate back to Amazon as a model for you know making the member experience a little more personal, a little better. Mm -hmm. Years ago, when I first joined up for Amazon Prime, I did it to get the two day shipping mm -hmm. because I felt like I can get all these things and I can order them all at once, and they will come you know in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And they they actually used to mail me letters saying, why aren't you watching the videos? <laughs> and I'm like, because I don't want to, <laughs> you know, of course now I like watching Amazon Prime, but like, but see, but that's the thing. And it kind of bringing it back to the member topic. It's like, Joy, you are, I am so glad you said that because I've been saying that for years about, we can learn more personal things about our members. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I talk about when I do presentations, when I talk with clients, you can create a more personal individualized experience. If you put in a little time and effort into mm -hmm. looking into what that member's been doing for the last couple of years, or mm -hmm. maybe some of the things they've posted in your online community. You can mm -hmm. learn a little bit about people, maybe send them something a little more personal and on point. Um, and maybe someday associations will get to that point where they have those magic buttons in the person's office where, oh, I need to register. Mm -hmm. Boom, I'm registered <laughs> for the meeting. Well, that that kind of leads me into uh, 
you know, my next thought process. So we're going to talk about membership engagement using technology, and it probably will align very nicely to this topic that we've been talking about. So Joy, can you uh, share with us, uh, share with our global audience how they can use technology effectively to solve member problems? Well, I think that, you know, for every organization, it's, it's going to look a little different because, mm -hmm. you know, every association is focused on, you know, solving different problems for members. But I think that um, it comes down to, you know, really being able to look at both sides of it. You have to have ways that you are collecting information about member problems. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to have um, ways that you can respond to member problems. So mm -hmm. on the one side, you know, technology um, helping you kind of identify what the problems are. It doesn't even have to be super high tech. You can have, um, you know, touch points at, you know, when someone joins to ask them, what are you most interested? What are your goals for this year? And then you can, you know, put, store that information in your database automatically. As mm -hmm. things come up during the year, then you can kind of tap back to that data. And, you know, who said they were interested in this topic? And, you know, have a, a membership chair or an email or something like that go out that says, hey, you said you were interested in you know, learning this thing this year or accomplishing this goal this year, you know, we're going to be mm -hmm. offering, you know, this program that's, you know, exactly for that. So it doesn't have to be super high tech, but it's really a matter of getting at those two things. How can you find out what they, what they're trying to accomplish and how can you deliver that to them in a way that makes sense? Thank you. Being able to track what our members are doing and being able to give them what they need when they need it is basically the definition of relevance. So believe it or not, we're like almost at the end of our episode because we have been having so much fun talking about the joy of membership with joy. Uh, so joy, what do you, what do you think about that? Like how, how do we as associations stay relevant? Um, because we're only relevant if we have meaning for mm -hmm. the member. So what, what is your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on, like, how do we maintain that relevance? Is it that personalized service? I think it is the personalized service. I mean, I think that it's impossible for you to say relevant if you aren't having the conversations with your members. And those conversations can happen at the point of entry. They can happen, you know, periodically with check-ins. They can happen at your events. But somehow you have to be having conversations with them about, you know, what are the what are the challenges that you're facing right now? And, you know, quite frankly, if you are still doing things the same way that you've done for, you know, five years, 10 years, you're probably losing touch because there's not a whole lot in our lives nowadays that we're doing exactly the same way that we were five and 10 years ago. We shop differently. We, um, we travel differently. We engage in education differently. So, you know, if you're not finding out how your people are, um, engaging in your products and services differently, then you're definitely going to fall behind. So, well, that's great. And, and I think that is an excellent point. And I agree with it because you will fall behind if you keep doing things the way you used to do it. Uh, I think the phrase that needs to be completely eliminated from nonprofit management is that's the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. 
but we need to get that idea out of people's minds that that needs not to be an option anymore that that option should be removed from the list it's we have to be able to be responsive and i think if nothing else has come out of the last couple of years we've seen our ability to move quickly in the nonprofit area and that's something that people have been joking about for years oh it takes forever you know for associations to do something or a non other kinds of nonprofits to do things and that's not necessarily the case if they put their mind to it so if we could get people thinking differently that would be how we can use all of these great um, intensified ideas, intensified expectations that Joy outlined for us going forward. So uh, as, I, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, we're already like near the end of our episode. So we got to kind of slide into our wrap up. Um, so Agnes, do you have any fi uh, final questions, closing thoughts before we throw it back over to Joy? Just more of a closing thought. First of all, Joy, thank you for joining us, for sharing a lot of those great insights. And, and I, I really do believe that uh, organizations or associations that are going to be member-centric really needs to be disciplined enough to really focus on some of those priorities that you shared with us so that they can make an informed decision on how to service their members. So our global audience, you've heard it from the expert. Uh, watch this video, get more insights from Joy on how to do this and how to make it happen. And again, thank you for joining us. Great, thanks Agnes. And Joy, we like to ask our guests, what is the one thought you would like the audience to take away today? And if they'd like to follow up with you later, what's the best way to get in touch? Well, the one thing that I would like people to take away from this conversation is that membership is a journey. Mm -hmm. And if you can treat it as a journey and look at each piece of that journey critically, you know, what you're actually doing for members at that stage, it gives you a lot of opportunities for a deeper understanding of your members. It gives you a lot of opportunities for innovation, but most organizations don't sit down and do that on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. I hope that this conversation encourages people to do that. Um, people can reach me through my website, joyofmembership.com or journeycare.app.app. You'll find me in both places. Oh, that's great. Well, and we are so glad to find you here today, Joy. So thanks for joining us. And we look forward to having you back uh, to talk about membership some more, because that's why most associations are here, right? For our members. So thanks again, Joy. And uh, on behalf of myself, Joy and Agnes, thanks for joining us this week. We'll, we have to go rogue for now, but we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. So don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we are available on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and a variety of other podcast services, including Apple and Google. So look us up there. Uh, we're in video and audio. So whatever your taste is in podcasts, we're there. Uh, if you want to learn more about Rogue Tulips Consulting and how we can help your organization, visit our website, roguetulips.com. If you're interested in CAE courses, either prepping for the exam or to get those valuable renewal points, check out our 501c league offerings and you can learn more about the league at the 501c league.net. So uh, we're going rogue for now and we'll see you next time. <laughs>